0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could. But how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi.
2: Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. Have you been discredited at work because you lost control of your emotions? On the flip side, have you been criticized for lacking empathy, being intolerant of emotional self-expression, or disconnected with your own emotions? Emotional intelligence is widely recognized as a core leadership competency, one that is key to building and sustaining productive relationships and to your personal and professional development. The Institute for Health and Human Potential defines emotional intelligence as the ability to recognize, understand, and manage our own emotions, as well as to recognize, understand, and influence the emotions of others. Here to provide guidance on how you can turn emotions into leadership strengths is Dr. Pat Baxter, a leadership development expert who certified in Emotional Intelligence Assessment. Dr. Baxter received foundational career advice from her mother, Rose Rhonda, a Puerto Rican seamstress in the sweatshops of New York in the 1950s and 60s. At the age of eight, Dr. Baxter's mother advised her that education is something no one can take away, stating, it'll be the key to everything you want. Dr. Baxter took this advice to heart and built a career that reflects her dedication to learning and development. In the socially turbulent 1970s, she taught underserved children in Central Harlem and the South Bronx. In the ensuing years, she challenged gender and societal paradigms as she led domestic and global teams in both the public and private sectors. Today, she helps businesses to grow through their people and both men and women to use their emotional and intellectual capacities to succeed. Dr. Baxter, welcome to the show. I'm so honored you could join us today.
3: Thank you so much for inviting me. It's, uh, I'm, I'm very glad to be here.
2: And this is a very exciting topic also, the topic of really being able to engage our emotions constructively in the workplace.
3: Absolutely. We have to bring our whole selves to the workplace.
2: So in working with your clients, how do you describe, as you're starting out, what emotions are and why they matter?
3: Well, I, I, I've always said um, that you have to bring, as I said just now, the whole person, the entire person, to the workplace. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you don't get the full productivity that you, can, you have and you can give. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you ask the question, what is an emotion, and ask people, what is it? Many will respond with the words anger, contempt, fear, disgust, happiness, sadness, and surprise, which happen to be the seven main emotions Mm -hmm. of, of humans. And... These are the labels that we use to identify the various emotional states, but we are still left asking, and I was certainly, when I was doing my research, I was still asking, what is an emotion?
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And finding a a definition when I was doing my doctoral dissertation, that was a challenge, uh, because what I was looking for was not a label, but rather a description that spoke to the functionality of em- uh, emotion.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What is the value of having one?
2: Just taking and, a look at it from a logical point of view.
3: Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and what, what does it do? What is, is the value that it brings into our, our lives? What's really interesting is the word emotion didn't even come into existence in the English language until the mid-17th century,
4: something mm-hmm. like that.
3: And now it's the hottest word
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> in,
3: in, in leadership development. Mm-hmm. And those, uh, those many centuries ago, it, it was described as vivid mental feelings mm-hmm. uh, about changes being brought uh, direct, about directly by the perception of some object in the world. What's interesting is the one that I found and I used as my, my pivot for my research, it took me months of digging, but I found one that resonated. And it's, it's from a 1991 uh, uh, study by Azard. And he said, an emotion is an organized mental response to an event or entity.
2: Mm, that's reassuring. Right. Uh, oftentimes we associate ourselves with being out of control when it comes to emotional self-expression.
3: Yeah, the, the word organized is kind of surprising. Uh, but when you think about it, uh, it essentially, it speaks to the, the reason, the rationality for your response.
4: Mm-hmm. It, it,
3: it, it makes sense. Of the emotion, in the context of your experiences, your memories, uh, and it makes sense when you start to think about in, uh, an emotion you've had that suddenly came up, and you start to, you calm yourself down, number one, calm yourself down, deep breaths, all those things. and then you start to think about why did you respond in the way that you did?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: to
3: someone or something. And when you start to think about it, it makes sense. May mm-hmm. I share an example here?
2: I was just going to ask for one. That's perfect timing.
3: Well, um, as, as has been mentioned, I'm a leadership coach. I do a lot of work. Most of my clients are women, uh, women who are either currently leading uh, organizations or are, as I call them, emerging leaders in businesses. And I had one request to work with uh, a young uh, pharmaceutical representative, and she was in the middle of doing some negotiations with uh, a, a company. And uh, the, the manager who brought me in to coach her said, I don't understand there is. Everything is set they they know what they 're talking about, but they can 't agree mm-hmm. and So, I sat down with her and over time I, we do we do assessments, we have uh, discussions, and after a couple of sessions, we realized we and i 'll say we realized that the reason she wasn't getting along with this person who was on the other side of the negotiating table was because he reminded her of her ex. Mm. So there was some projection going on there. Mm -hmm. And so we had to roll back a little bit, and, and I mentioned to her, first of all, Let's, let's really look at this as rationally and objectively as possible. What mm-hmm. is your job? What is your boss expecting you to do? Negotiated to you a deal. Wonderful. Do you, do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Yes. So one of the things that you must come to terms with is that the person you are negotiating with is not your ex but rather the person who can help you make this deal and it's something that will benefit everyone.
2: Mm -hmm. I like what you're saying also, even in the definition that you gave, in that there's this element that there is a reason for our emotions. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it from a logical point of view, there's an element of validation. It's just like how the research shows that if you name your emotion, there's some kind of release that comes from that, from that Mm acknowledgement that you're not necessarily stuck or in the grip of an emotion when you're able to apply more of that logical process.
3: It's it's that famous uh, statement, uh, name it to tame it.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, so there's a supportive element because a lot of times people really feel that there's a concern, as you mentioned, too, before we even did the show today, that there's a taboo element around emotional expression and sometimes people feel really badly about the emotions they're experiencing and also the way that they express emotion.
3: Well, sometimes I have to talk people back from, from that ledge
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and, really, uh, and really, first of all, provide them with something that is an emotional intelligence trait and that is empathy. Mhm. I've been there. It happens to everyone. You don't have to let it take control of you. You can manage this and come to a basically a, a good conclusion. Mm-hmm. You can still do you can still do business. You can still feel emotion, but you need to be in the right in the right frame of mind. Um, I think one of the things, and, and I'm sure you would agree, another thing to, that we always keep, have to keep in mind is that we have to be feeling well if we're going to be able to discuss emotions and things that really matter to us, whether it be in business or in a family discussion uh, or something in our community. We have to be feeling well, and we have to feel that we are prepo- uh, prepared and supported.
2: Mm-hmm. Similar to the process that you were just illustrating with your client, where you mm-hmm. really talked through with her what was happening in those moments of her own reactivity with this individual.
3: And, and, and it was kind of what I call an aha moment for her. and mm-hmm. And you could see that she was, uh, she really was, was coming uh, becoming aware. And that, mm-hmm. is the, that is the number one skill. Um, that's where you start. It's, it's like what I call, my dad used to play baseball. First base is self-awareness.
4: Mm-hmm. Being
3: aware of what are your triggers. What sets you up. What, what just um, gets you. And mm-hmm. also what excites you. And and how can you how can you work with that?
2: Mm-hmm. And you were illustrating also and that there is a very positive outcome that can result from going through this process. Essentially, if this woman was able to get out of the interaction that she was having, that was replicating dynamics with her ex, there was a lot of there were benefits essentially that she stand to gain from that. So I'd love for you to talk also about some of the outcomes of positively using emotions at work?
3: Well, certainly what this client experienced was, um, in a way, breaking some chains from, from, from the past mm-hmm. and realizing that she did not have to repeat the past. She became quite aware also um, that she had control over what was going on. She, uh, one of the things that I, I also uh, talk with clients about is that you don't always have to act in the moment. You don't always have to do kind of a, I guess you could say, a knee-jerk reaction.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: As, as humans and having these lovely things called amygdala, where our fight or flight uh, knee-jerk reactions are, you don't always have to act in the moment. And as I tell some some clients, you know, if you feel yourself, if you're self-aware enough to start to feel your, in a way, temperature rising, um, you've been triggered, uh, something is upsetting you, it's okay to excuse yourself. And as a matter of fact, in my book, I talk about one time where I just, I just simply needed to excuse myself and say, you know what, I'm so sorry. I've been having this little stomach flu, and um, I just need a few minutes, so would you excuse me? Oh, no problem. And mm-hmm. I walked out of the room, took a walk down the hall, took a breath of fresh air, came back. And I was in a much, much better place, mm-hmm. um, both both physically and, and mentally. Um, and becoming aware that it it is all happening in your brain, that it is um, you you are we are constructed to have emotions, but we are also constructed to control our emotions is a very important uh, milestone in achieving emotional intelligence.
2: Mhm. I love what you're saying that inherent to us really is emotional self-expression, experiencing emotions and also that we have the capacity to be able to control and manage our emotions to be to use them really to our benefit and to the benefit of others.
3: They they are, they are part of us for a reason.
2: Mhm. I wanted to just recap some of what you, some of the wonderful points you were making since we have really just a couple of minutes left before we need to go to commercial. So I heard you talking about really the importance of self-awareness as a primary piece and in terms of preparing yourself to be able to use your emotions constructively and also, of course, being a primary component of emotional intelligence as well as empathy, being empathic with yourself in the moment, And you also gave an excellent strategy, which is about stepping away, that you don't necessarily need to respond or react in that moment. You can step away and take a breather and be able to regroup and not to get into that pattern where you have to repeat the past.
3: Yeah, uh, I've had had a few experiences like that where I I wish I had walked away and gotten Mm -hmm. some fresh air.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very concrete, simple approach that I would guess can have a profound impact really on the outcomes. You can really avoid potentially damaging situations by doing that.
4: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: And what's really interesting, as I mentioned, I, I work with a lot of very accomplished women. And uh, I was coaching someone about a month ago and I, I shared this strategy with them, this tactic and they said, "Oh, I, can't, I couldn't possibly do that." And, and I'm like, "Why? Why can't you do that? Is it you can't or you won't? you think it will project badly on you?" Um, and, I, and I said, "Well, let me tell you, no one will ever stop you from going to the ladies' room if you see, <laughs> if you say you need to. So mm-hmm. just take that, just take that opportunity to give yourself some fresh air."
2: So we'll wrap up this segment of the show with that wonderful message, which is get some fresh air, step away if you need to. We're going to take two for a quick commercial. When we come back, Dr. Baxter will talk about the emotional intelligence paradox. Can emotions be intelligently used and how? Stay with us to learn more.
0: Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop
5: an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com.
0: Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy.
5: Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com.
1: You're listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm
2: Hemda Mizrahi, joined by Dr. Pat Baxter a leadership development expert whose work focuses on helping emerging and active leaders to intelligently use emotions in the workplace. Dr. Baxter talked about the beneficial outcomes that can emerge when you positively use emotions. Now we're going to discuss the emotional intelligence paradox and explore the question, can emotions be intelligently used? Dr. Baxter, I'd love to hear more about the EI paradox.
3: Well, I can tell you this much, just to start, there is one. <laughs> there is one, particularly in, in, in business and, and I think particularly for, for women. Um, mm-hmm. The interesting thing is I- emotions serve us in, in three ways. One, emotions help us manage our inner world so we can, we can be in touch with what we're feeling, what's happening, what, how does it... Uh, affect us, what are the values, it's that self-awareness that, that you need to know or you need to have so you know how you're feeling and, and what, how to respond. And the second reason uh, emotions matter so much is, is it helps us manage our relationships. It's um, a, all of our relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, are based on emotion. So, using traits such as empathy help help us to develop beneficial relationships, and it's it's important. That's that's one I'm always bringing up to people, as I coach them about using that empathetic muscle, if you will. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is that emotions help us to act. Nothing speaks more than action, and in in our brains there are these small gray masses called amygdala, and mm-hmm. it's where the infamous fight or flight response resides. Mm-hmm. And like our like our ancestors, we m- might be more in the fight or flight mode, and not not thinking but just reacting. And it's it's really important for us to to remain aware uh, of who we are, what the situation is, and how we are feeling, and have some strategies for managing the emotions when things start to get a little tense.
2: Mm-hmm. So in terms of why emotions matter, these three pieces that you offered are very much connected then to what we were talking about in the first segment about having self-awareness, being able to step back, prepare and also lay out a plan for how you might respond differently to the same situation.
4: Mhm.
3: In, in in a way that responding in a way that is frankly mutually beneficial. Mhm. So that it helps both of us grow. Uh, progress, um, do better, get better, be better, and and that's what a lot of my coaching is about. People are people are wonderful; they really are. I have a true fundamental belief in humanity,
4: mm-hmm. but
3: sometimes we get overtired, and our brains, the amygdala, takes over, and we are in that fight or uh, or flight. Uh, mode
4: mm-hmm.
3: and emotions. Though uh, one one of the things that, that when I was doing my research I came to appreciate was that it, sometimes emotion keeps us from being harmed, uh, from you know getting lost and, and, and feeling alone.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, it is
3: a very important part of our of our safety uh, mechanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are we we are uh, as humans, we are always responding to stimuli, to facial expressions, to tones of voice. I mean, we have from from the very beginning. And one of the things that that I help a lot of my, my clients with is to manage that fight or flight that exists in the, in the wild world of, of business.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. So is that the paradox? That on one level, the emotions help us to be alert for the potential, for something threatening to our safety. And then mm-hmm. on the other side, we also have to manage that fight and flight response.
3: And just simply being uh, aware that it, and it can take i mean i have i've personally seen negotiations totally blow up over one word or one gesture. Our emotions are always there and present, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things that i when i 'm working with with a client is raising that level of awareness that as humans, we we have been built with fight or flight. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is that is the kind of response that we we have, as 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 humans. And I I really I really enjoy studying emotions. I never thought I'd be studying emotions simply because uh, I I considered myself and had been told I'm a very emotional person. Mm-hmm. And that used to embarrass me. However, these days I say yes, as a matter of fact, and I studied it. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm.
3: I really, really was concerned at one point that emotions would mess up my life. Mm-hmm. No, they've just added additional, um, it's just additional, um, I guess, gravy. It's wonderful. It's ri- it makes my life rich. Um, and the clients, the clients that I work with, I always try to make sure that they come to the point where they appreciate that they have emotions and mm-hmm. that those emotions really are tools for them to, to generate good things in their lives mm-hmm. and in the lives of the people they work with.
2: Mm-hmm. What more can you say about the emotional intelligence paradox? I'd just like to understand that a little bit better.
3: Well, um, there's, there's, two, there's two types of smarts. There's IQ, which is the intellectual quotient, and there's EQ, which is the emotional quotient. Um, if you can picture a, an iceberg, IQ is what you see above the waterline. You can measure it. It's, it measures cognitive ability. Uh, it tends to stay the same as you grow older, you know, they say with the, as you grow older, you get wiser. Well, uh, what gets wiser is actually the EQ or the uh, emotional intelligence. The more mm-hmm. you live, the more experiences you have, the more guidance and models that you have, uh, and the more training, frankly, that you have, you grow through emotional intelligence. Um, it also includes the, the, the positive expression of, of feelings. Feelings, um, to, to be totally honest, I'm, uh, when as I was growing up, uh, emotions were not a good thing. Feeling, mm-hmm. showing your feelings were, was not a good thing. And mm-hmm. it's interesting how in this part of my life, <laughs> I'm helping others, you know, work through their feelings um, Show of empathy. Uh, from my my point of view, empathy being the one of the most Im- important emotions.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: to act in a socially responsible way towards others,
4: mm-hmm. uh, meaning
3: no harm. Uh, learning how to control impulses, uh, and here's a good one: manage stress.
2: Hmm. Say more about that.
3: Well, one of the things that that is part of my practice is helping clients become emotionally aware of their triggers.
4: Mm-hmm. What sets
3: you off? Is there? And and interestingly enough, uh, a lot of the clients that I work, as a matter of fact, almost all of my clients are uh, people in uh, organizations. They are people responsible. Have, some of them have huge responsibilities of people, functions, um, development, the products, all that. And uh, it's interesting when I'm working with someone who really feels very uncomfortable uh, sharing emotions, um, talking about how they feel when um, their boss, doesn't respond to something that is clearly uh, bothering them. Mm
4: -hmm. And
3: emotional intelligence is all about learning what your triggers are, how to minimize or mitigate um, those triggers. I personally do not believe you can ever get totally rid of the triggers. You can minimize the impact of when those triggers uh, hit you. And it's, it's really very important to recognize not only your own, but what your own can do to other people. Anyone mm-hmm. in a relationship can tell you that y- your emotions, you know, will certainly affect the person who is in proximity to you, and that's whether it's on the phone or in a, in office or uh, face-to-face
2: hmm You really caught my ear when you said the word stress, because I'm imagining this balloon that just keeps getting full and full of air to the point where it's just about to pop. And I really appreciate this point that you made about being aware of what your emotional triggers are, because we can see that we can become completely exhausted. Mm-hmm. In situations, let's say, if we were encouraged not to express emotion, if, as you were saying, you're described as a very emotional person and you're trying to hold back, that can be very, very taxing. Going through that process where you have these emotional triggers that are happening, at least you can recognize in this moment, these are the the triggers that are really affecting me or in general, these are my biggest triggers Personally, these are my biggest triggers at work. And then, as you're saying, be able to work with someone to be able to process that and figure out what steps that you you can take to start to handle it differently, such that it doesn't take such a toll on you and you're not shut down. And at the same time, you also don't express yourself in a way that can be problematic.
3: It's it's quite a It's quite a challenge to in a way face yourself and and know what your your triggers are it's mm-hmm. not always everybody else
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we, we have just a few minutes before we need to go to commercial, so I'm wondering if you might be able to offer a brief illustration of a situation in which let's say you identify with the client that client identifies an emotional trigger and how you work with that person to help them better respond?
3: Uh, one, one of the first steps is to have a more, how should I say this, clinical um, point of view uh, and, and data brought to, to the client. To, one of the things I do is I, I, start, I start every engagement with a, a pretty thorough interview so I know who they are, where they've come from, what their their background has been, how they came into the organization. All those provide me with some milestones. But I also make sure that people uh, have uh, an assessment so they can respond to some very pointed questions on, on the assessment. And we sit down, uh, I, I, I certainly get a report, but... We sit down and take a look, and, we, and I ask questions like, so what do you think this, this means in terms of your relationship with your direct manager? Mm-hmm. How does this kind of behavior affect the outcomes on your team? Mm-hmm. And those kinds of conversations can be, can be very robust. They can be very trying. Um, I actually once had a CEO tell me, get out of his office.
2: Mm. What was the trigger there? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, um, I I asked him to please help me understand why a certain situation had had arisen, mm-hmm. and um, you know what he thought about it, because I wasn't going to tell him right up front what I thought was going on. It's mm-hmm. always better for the person being coached to, you know, be moved along, given some things to talk about, uh, some experiences to share. Mm-hmm. And through that discussion, things uh, are illuminated for, for not only for the coach, but also for, for the individual. And mm-hmm. at that point, we're, you know, we're talking. And I think that's a, a, a very important part of it. And one of the other things that I work very hard with the client to do is to make sure that they understand that they are working with emotional beings
4: mm-hmm.
3: and they don't necessarily shut them off when they come through the door in the morning.
4: Mm-hmm. They are
3: always fully uh, engaged in other things outside of, the, of work and one never knows what has happened. And so when I was working with this one individual, um, I didn't realize some things that were going on in, in, his, in his life, and we, we sat and we talked about it, and certainly not that this is uh, psychology or a psychiatry, but it is more of that ability to grasp the impact of your emotions and then decide what you can do to manage those, uh, handle those, and to engage others to help you
2: Mm -hmm. manage
3: your reactions to what's going on.
2: Thank you. That's really helpful. So we're going to leave this segment with this message around really recognizing the value of emotions. And there's some kind of detective experience and logical thinking experience that we're applying here where we're looking at how our emotions can inform us and how they can also impact the outcomes of the situation. We're gonna to go to a brief commercial. When we return, Dr. Baxter will respond to two provocative questions. Do women have higher levels of EI than men? And does this make women better leaders? We'll be right back.
0: Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy.
5: Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are
0: you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy.
5: Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com.
1: You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to one 866 Four seven two fifty seven ninety. that's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com now back to Turn the Page
2: we're back I'm Hemda Mizrahi with Dr. Pat Baxter a leadership development expert who specializes in helping men and women to positively use emotions in the workplace Dr. Baxter talked about why emotions matter, and also how they can inform you in better responding to situations both personally and at work. We're coming to actually two very provocative questions, which are very core to the research that Dr. Baxter has done. Do women have higher levels of emotional intelligence than men, and does this make women better leaders? would love to hear your thoughts about that.
3: Uh, what, well, when I started to do my my dissertation research, um, I had certain expectations uh, around this particular question whether uh, women have higher levels of EI, uh, emotional intelligence than men and are women better leaders because of it and as i started to do the research as i started to review the re- the research that was already out there about gender uh and emotions and emotional intelligence um, i i started to to see the and i'm going to say it this way the possibility mm-hmm. that there there may not be a difference between in emotional intelligence between men and women so um, let, let's just step back for a second. Let's start by talking about how important emotional intelligence is to leaders, period, without regard of to, to gender.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, all of us have had um, people we've reported to, whether you call them a boss or not, but people that you were accountable to and led whatever function you, you were in part of it. In part, uh, part of, and uh, several several studies of uh, about three four hundred executives in major organizations found there were differences in how men and women expressed social intelligence, how we interact with each other, how we read each other's um, body language, face, tone of voice, all those things. Um, overall, there, there was a def- difference, but not between the most effective men and the most effective women.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Effective being defined as people who, uh, leaders who had, who accomplished their, their goals, that uh, had managed turnover. People were wanting to leave. They managed to keep the talent that they needed. Uh, and sometimes off board those that that weren't working out.
4: And mm-hmm.
3: the, the the interesting thing was being effective, you know, meeting financial and business goals, being persuasive, um, the low turnover, uh, being seen as a an expert and res- resource by others didn't uh, needed to rather be defined differently for men and for women.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious so about, own, when you talk sorry, about sorry. the most effective men and the most effective women, can mm-hmm. you speak more to what those characteristics were?
3: The, there were some, some really interesting ones that emerged not only in my own research, but also in terms of other uh, other research studies that I had used as a basis for for my work um, women not, to me not surprisingly uh, tend to show in terms of emotional intelligence traits empathy social responsibility they are constructive contributors they won't ter- they won 't tr- uh, tear apart what you 've built, especially if there's heart in it, but they will help you make, make it better. They are persuasive. Um, and social responsibility really, I thought, was the, the most important thing that I became aware of, and that is looking at your community, where, however you describe it, whether it's your family, it's your neighborhood, um, it, your company, your department social responsibility was key for these women who exhibited higher levels of emotional intelligence.
2: Mm-hmm. So essentially it sounds like that also describes really an experience of connection outside Absolutely. of themselves, right? Where you're mindful, you're able to see other people, you're able to identify that there are needs that exist outside of you that you can potentially respond to.
3: And, and you're, you're not blind to it.
4: Mm-hmm. You're not
3: blind to it. You're aware of it. Uh, and I, I know myself, um, I, I have a, a, a very high score in empathy. So I feel a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that can help uh, that can help uh, situations and and relationships so it sometimes can get in the way
2: to be perfectly
4: honest for
3: me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah, um, and thinking about that, I wonder when you have clients who come to you and say that i 've received feedback at work that i 'm too sensitive then we have well, a how do you respond
3: <laughs> uh, well uh, the and I have, as you can imagine, had a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask them as uh, as best as they might remember, because when you 're in the middle of something, you don 't necessarily remember what you said and how you said it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But I ask them to go back and and recount for me what words they used, because sometimes the words alone are are vo- volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, how were they sitting? <laughs> was it, uh, were you sitting across from each other? Were you at either ends of a long table, so it really was looking like an adversarial situation?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and also, you know, what, was the, what was the topic and how important is it to you? How vital is it to your identity, to what people know you, what you are known for? Um, and, and that's, that's a, a, a very critical part of being able to, to show emotion, frankly. Something, ma- mm-hmm. something matters to you. Mm-hmm. Men, on the other hand, tend to show their, their major for emotional intelligence traits are um, they have high levels of stress tolerance. They can um, they can take a lot more stress in situations, and that's physical stress. Stress, but mm-hmm. um, maybe sometimes we see it as um, putting on a putting on a face,
4: mm-hmm.
3: showing um, showing themselves as being truly strong and able to to move on. Um, so do they do they
2: give the appearance of being able to take on more stress, or internally mm-hmm. are they able to take on more stress?
3: Well, I, I'm sure I'm sure that there are um, differences that we may or may not see in the moment, but based on the studies that I've seen, um, they are able to um, withstand uh, stress. And tolerate stress just a tad more than than women. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Just to, just from my just from my own experience, I think women. Um, I think women uh, are able to to tolerate uh, quite a bit.
4: Mm-hmm. But
3: what men do is they are one of the things they're they're very good at uh, is. And another EI trait is adaptability.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: I'll change, uh, uh, not myself, but I'll change how I approach this, this client, or I'll change how I approach my family with something that is clearly important to me and important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other trait that they, they show is competitiveness um, in terms of I can do this better. I can do this better, and I'll show you.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: And along the lines of some of those distinctions that you're seeing with gender, or just actually as general guidance, what suggestions can you offer to everyone, whether it's someone who tends to be very expressive, and sometimes they get into trouble because of that, or someone who tends to be very hesitant about expressing we know based on this conversation that it's essential for relationships, for our own well-being, for our success at work, that we be able to really engage the information that emotions offer mm-hmm. to help us with our performance. So what kind of guidance would you give as we're getting close to the point of wrap up for the show? Um,
3: for, for, for both, Men and women. Uh, nothing beats uh, observation, uh, listening, uh, watching for uh, trends, and 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 I listen a lot to the words that are actually being being said and used um, by someone. When I'm when I'm coaching, whether I'm coaching a, a, a male or a female. I listen carefully to the words that they use. Sometimes I have to ex- ask them to explain what what it means to them. Uh, and uh, I've even asked some individuals to to explain more because sometimes it is um, cultural, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a culture I don't understand. So they, I ask them to, to uh, explain a little bit more uh, and what it means and what it looks like. Um, the, the, other, um, the other piece of advice is watching people, uh, and I do this a lot, <laughs> I watch people interact with one another. Uh, what kinds of expressions and sounds and, and words, and what is their body saying? Because we, we don't always have the, lug, the luxury of, seeing, of watching ourselves. Um, and as a coach, uh, I will go out and I will, um, I will work with someone and I will actually, it's what we call shadowing, I will shadow someone during the course of their day to see how they interact, what, what tendencies they have, what might set them off uh, in terms of, you know speaking louder more intensely um, and the body language that they're that they're using so that's a that 's a, a big thing as well and and being aware of your own tendencies there there's nothing like becoming being able to step outside yourself, which is something I, I very often do for myself and for my clients to step to step outside yourself what are you seeing and have you talked to other people and asked for their input
2: mm-hmm. phenomenal i really appreciate this logical approach that you're suggesting to managing emotions in the workplace and these three concrete strategies that you're leaving us with which is taking time to really observe yourself, enhance that self-awareness, apply that empathy, get some useful information that's going to help you to decide how you want to respond to situations and at least just be more aware of how you're responding right now. And also observing other people will help you Mm -hmm. to get some insights, looking at both verbal communication and nonverbal communication, and very importantly, enlisting feedback from other people to be able to note what we're realizing and maybe some of the things that we're not realizing about ourselves that other people can help us to see.
3: It's interesting. While well, I believe in being who you are, uh, and, and it, sometimes it takes some time to become who you are, um, I really do believe in, in in modeling. I believe in talking with people that we admire uh, that they have a particular skill or ability like to manage manage stress or um, or bring down the intensity of uh, of a clash of some kind. I am always in awe of other people 's skills in those areas I, I learn from them and use their, their best approaches uh, in my
2: own work. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, this is a great note to wrap up on, taking what's around you. There are solutions around you, and we can apply them ourselves if we are willing to observe them. Thank you so much for this excellent description of emotions and also why they're so important and how we can manage them better. I really appreciate that.
3: Thank you so much for, for having me on.
2: It's been a pleasure. And there's more here. If you'd like to learn more about how you can turn your emotions into leadership strengths, I invite you to read Dr. Baxter's recently published book, Cool Change, Turning Emotions into Leadership Strengths. The book is available on Amazon and also through Dr. Baxter's website at patriciabaxter.com. You can find out about Dr. Baxter's upcoming speaking engagements by reading the events page on her site and also email her at pat at patriciabaxter.com if you'd like to explore her speaking, coaching, or consulting services. If you have unanswered questions from today's show, please email them to me at hosthemda at gmail.com. We'll post responses through our social media sites, so please follow me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and like us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. Until next week, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page.
1: Thank you for tuning into our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then.